welcome to the Diversity in Politics podcast. I'm Valeska Lima. And I'm Teresa Buczkowska. And this is a space where we talk about migrant political participation and diversity and representation in politics. Join us if you want to hear how to make Irish politics more inclusive for everyone who lives here. Our guest today is Puna Rain, the Fingal's first senior-born consular elected to represent the Blanchestown Mugudar electoral area. She started her career in the technology sector and has lived in Ireland for about 20 years. She used to work investment banking before she started her software technology business. Her term as a consular is focused on key social areas, such as education, where she is a strong supporter of initiatives like Women in Tech and Girls in Tech. She mentors technology startups and female entrepreneurs to build and foster an organic community promoting good mentorship. Poonan, thank you very much for uh, participating in our podcast today. So the first question for you, which is a very simple one, can you tell us about your political career? So I was, uh, I remember I was seeing uh, one of the profiles that they were written about you just after you were elected. And uh, one of the journalists was saying that you used it to be a business owner in a, in a in the software development field. Can you tell us a little bit, how did you get engaged in politics from the beginning? Yeah, so uh, I come from a completely non-political background. Uh, my background is uh, corporate. I, I belong to the corporate world, uh, technology, obviously. Um, and I used to work for uh, investment banks. Uh, at a very high-profile uh, job in the sense I used to head technology um, departments in investment banks. So that's where my background is. Uh, obviously, uh, a bachelor in physics, maths, master's in computer science, and I did my MBA from uh, Michael Smurfett uh, in um, technology and innovation. Uh, so that's my background. But one of the passion that I always... Uh, had was towards innovation. I, I work with startups. Uh, I work with the companies that are trying to uh, launch themselves. I mentor uh, individuals who want to create startups. Uh, so this is my way of uh, giving back to the society or giving uh, to the uh, community. So this is where I started. But also having come from a very strong educational background, uh, I promote, I'm trying to promote I, or I always encourage that we uh, bring in um, bring in technology um, you know, or introduce technology to uh, to uh, children at a very uh, very early stage that's in the primary stage rather than secondary when they te- seem to lose interest or they would have already decided uh, what they want to do um, mm-hmm. and that is something that got me involved or more involved in the primary education system I think somewhere I was trying to uh, get the system to be changed or uh, launch uh, subjects that would help us in um, future technology jobs more than anything else. How did I get involved in politics? Um, That's a surprise to me as well, I would say. Uh, While I was doing this uh, or getting involved in the community side of things, um, I think I was very vocal, but also through my companies that I used to work uh, for, I spoke a lot about innovation. I was always invited to events uh, or um, any technology summits where I used to speak strongly about my passion towards technology and how that is going to the, be the future of this uh, of the world today. 
be it any any um, any industry that you take, be it, be it medicine, be it um, banking, any any uh, thing will be geared towards technology. And I think that's that. Uh, plus my involvement in the community of promoting more um, schools that are geared towards future technology or uh, my passion towards sports facilities that need to be um, uh, provided to uh, communities to obviously keep some of the kids who are disruptive in the sense that they get into things that they shouldn't be at teenage years, uh, so social side of things and the only way to get them off the streets is to make them aware or get them more involved into uh, into sports where we need uh, sports facilities. Obviously, during winter months, our, our indoor sports facilities are very poor. I think this this was something that got uh, which uh, got recognized or which kind of aligned me uh, with the party that I represent, that's Fine Gael. So I joined Fine Gael, uh, maybe two or three years before I was nominated as the candidate in 20, end of 2018, um, purely on the basis that I could uh, like my passion, my thought process aligned with what uh, what the party was saying. Uh, and uh, obviously the leadership of the party as well as Jay had changed uh, at the time. Uh, Leo Varadkar took over as the uh, party leader. And I think that thought process uh, of where he was trying to take the party or the country um, resonated with my thought process. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think uh, that's the reason I joined the party. And uh, that um, made me, I think, uh, got me obviously involved, uh, more and more involved with uh, the party before I was uh, identified as or nominated as one of the candidates. Obviously, the party asked me if I would run for elections uh, for them um, in the Blanchestanmuller.org, board, which I represent, or the LEA that I represent. Uh, and uh, I said yes, and that's how I got, uh, I got uh, nominated as the candidate. And I think uh, also at that time, border changes led to another LEA being formed. Uh, so there used to be, uh, Molodot used to be one ward and that got divided into two. We had Ongar and Blanchistan Molodot as two wards uh, in the Dublin West uh, constituency that uh, I represent as well in, in Dublin 15. That's always interesting to to hear some of the the kind of the stories because so far as I can connect them, there is always this very local community element. So that's that's how how most candidates sometimes they they start to get involved. That's how they identify themselves with political parties. So I hope I'm correct, but you used to be the local representative of your party before being elected. Am I right? I was I was asked to be the candidate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first step towards this is that they would introduce you as the local representative. I was never a local representative because, like I said, uh, and also when I came to Ireland, uh, I was headhunted when I was in India, okay. right? Uh, I am uh, one of the toppers in the schools and colleges. Uh, in the um, So... There were skill sets that 
uh, one of the companies that came to India, they, they didn't have the skill set uh, that they wanted. And also when they came to India, they, uh, they headhunted for a couple of, uh, so for consultants that they wanted. So mm-hmm. I was headhunted and that's how I landed in Ireland. So I, unlike others, like I said, uh, I didn't come here looking for a job. Uh, I didn't come here looking for anything. Um, so I was invited uh, for the skill sets that I possessed or that I had uh, that did not exist at that time. Um, the technology skill set, right? Uh, the lack of technology skill set. And obviously, Ireland was, uh, uh, was growing at a very rapid pace as well at that time. Uh, so that's what, how my story differs. Uh, and uh, when I say my community uh, involvement, it wasn't for any reason. It was only because uh, I felt that maths and science was something that uh, I was passionate about and very good at, those being my subjects. And just that um, I got more involved, because obviously because I, I have a daughter who was studying in the primary school at the time, and I felt that I wanted uh, her as well to excel in maths and science. And that's how I realized that uh, uh, those were two subjects which um, which needed more focus uh, and me- needed more attention because when I was in a leadership role, I was struggling to hire people uh, in uh, the technology space. Uh, and obviously the reason being there was lack of uh, uh, technology subject or math science subject intake uh, by students. Uh, and that's where uh, the challenges were. So in order for us to address these challenges, it ha- we had to go back to the roots. And that was, I think, my keenness of finding out why I was struggling and why the struggle of hiring uh, and what is the reason why students are not taking, why is there a lack of intake of maths and science subjects, which should be uh, the future, which is the future. Uh, And that led to me just getting more and more involved in schools um, Mm -hmm. more than anything else to do with like saying, I want to be a community leader. I want to be a representative of the community. It was nothing like that. It was just my passion towards my own passion towards sports, my own passion towards uh, technology, which kind of made me more, more vocal that uh, the country needs to, the education system of this country needs to move or gear towards more and more towards future uh, technologies or future jobs. And that needs to start uh, at the uh, at the bottom of the ladder, which is the primary um, primary years. Oh, that's that's very relevant. And it just makes me think a little bit about the waves of migration here in Ireland. So, for example, we had the wave of the what we call the Celtic Tiger. And then we had the second wave with the, the international students. And now it's about the IT workers that they have been coming to Ireland. So how do you think it's possible to engage the migrant community, especially because it's it's a very mobile workforce? Have you had any issues with that? Is that something that's come up to you? Because I do have a lot of interest, respect by your agenda of working with education. I think this is key. It's a value that I hold very dear to my heart as a lecturer as well. So how do you think it's possible to engage this new wave of migrants? Because they're very young and full of energy. But then they come here for a job. Maybe they leave. Maybe, maybe they're going to stay. How do you engage more migrants in politics, considering the profile of the people that have arrived in the past? Decade, for example. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good question, right? Uh, I, I'm not sure whether uh, this is something that the, when the migrant community uh, comes here looking for jobs, I don't think that's the thought process that they would like to get uh, involved in politics, mm -hmm. right? That, that's, that awareness needs to be kicked off. I think when I got elected, I think I did kick off that awareness. People uh, started uh, thinking it completely differently. Like I said, maybe I was an outlier. Maybe I disrupted so many things. Maybe it was a game changer. Uh, and the fact that I won uh, or after entering politics in a very short span of time, mm -hmm. I think was an eye-opener. I, I hope uh, I, uh, I created a little bit of ripple in those waters uh, that people are thinking that come 2024, that's an opportunity that they would like to. I'm, I'm hoping the younger generation looks towards it that and it, the story doesn't end with me uh, and hoping that the younger generation take, uh, takes up uh, politics as one of, uh, one of their career options that they can look towards. Um, mm. There are the new people who come to this country. Uh, I hope that they work towards that. It's something that needs, that there, there needs to be more awareness. I, re, I think there is lack of awareness there, uh, but also uh, people need to uh, be aware that it didn't happen to me. I had very less time. Um, I was nominated in November, 2018. Uh, by the time the whole process completed, it was only by 1st of January uh, that the actual process kicked off. Uh, and and I, uh, I was actually a candidate and I started knocking doors between January and May 24th when the elections actually happened. I had a, almost just about under four months to um, get, the, uh, uh, get people believe that I am the right candidate. Uh, I must have knocked at least three to 4,000 doors in that those months it's so that I can introduce, mm -hmm. that's a lot, yes. Mm -hmm. It was very hard work. I cannot deny the fact that um, I worked very hard. I had my strategy very well outlined. Besides, I had a very good team. I had a very good support system, but end of the day, it was with end of the day, it was me. What I spoke at the doors, when I knocked the doors, should mm -hmm. resonate with the people, for the people to believe that I am I'm the candidate that they would like to vote. And what I said to them, I would do for them is something that they need to believe, that this person can do that for them. I think that that was the game changer. So when you knock doors, the, the people that you talk to, they there's an attachment there. There's a personal relationship that you build, right? Mm -hmm. So I had very less time. Three, four months is very less for someone to say, I'm your candidate and also build that relationship and yeah. also tell them that you are, if they elected for you, you're going to be a good candidate for them. Yes. So that's, that's mm -hmm. and also the strategy behind it. There's, mm -hmm. there's a team that I need, needed to form. Uh, there is a strategy that had to be devised. So the, that's when I say long, uh, uh, lots of hard work. And it, it wasn't easy, I wouldn't say. But end of the day, when I finished my campaign, there was nothing that I had not done which would not res give me a positive result. There's nothing more I could do because I had all the boxes ticked. So on the last day of the campaign, when I sat down and I said to myself, and I was going through in my head, what else could I have done? 
there was nothing else. So this is something that needs to come passionately from the migrant community if they want uh, to be the future candidates, whoever is trying to be the future candidate, right? This is that the, the, the day I was, the day I was asked to be the candidate to where it started, the journey that started, there was a passion. There was something that I felt that was a medium for me to give back to the society, right? I was already doing that, but this was a platform that was offered to me where I would have a stronger voice, a stronger backing from the party leader and the party itself, which translated or which would translate into better results, right? Mm -hmm. And also rather than standing on the sidelines and talking about it, I think finally it dawned on me that this is a platform, an opportunity that was given to me to make a difference to the society that I feel I need to make a difference. Maybe the education system, mm -hmm. maybe the antisocial behavior, maybe the sports facilities, the sports engagement, it was a platform. And I thought this was the right way for me to do something that I so passionately felt about. So I think if you're asking me, what do the migrant community do? How are we going to identify those candidates? What do those candidates need to do? You have to actually feel why you think you want to enter politics and what is the difference you're going to make unless they come from that thought process. It is not going to be an easy task for anyone. There are barriers, okay? There are mm -hmm. barriers. Mm -hmm. So because you are trying to enter a society which is dominated, obviously, uh, by other candidates. Yeah, it's a very it's very challenging for migrants. And I, I could hear from some of them when I was doing the research and, and listening from them on how challenging it was uh, to present themselves as a candidate and to make clear how they're different from other candidates. This is a skill that you have to develop as you go. So that's yes. why I believe it's important to do a lot of preparation when you can, like in your case, you had just four months and you were very successful. So of course, each each candidate has has their own personal story. But yes. then um, it's it's one of the ideas of this project that I was telling you about to to share those stories with migrants so they can understand each other's stories and see what works for them. Because we have some kind of a general advice they can take if they think it makes sense. If not, they can go and learn in their own way. So I think this is uh, how rich this, this kind of conversation can be. So if I can ask you now about your current experience as a local councillor representing Fingal, which is one of the most diverse counties in, in, in Ireland. So um, how is it going? Which successes could you identify? What are the challenges that you have faced so far as a, as a councillor? Yeah, like I said, right, again, uh, the... LEA that I represent, right? The Magister mm -hmm. Mola. Remember, it's it's a very different LEA. Uh, but surprisingly, uh, every door that I knocked, uh, I got positive response. And maybe that was also a building block for me. Uh, I will. I got more support. Uh, there is never ha there has there was never a day that I felt dejected about anything uh, when I knocked the doors. Uh, every door was positive. Uh, maybe I got lucky. That's what I say sometimes uh, about 
who the doors that I knocked, or maybe the the fact that I could relate to people. I think I got a similar response when I got elected in Fingal County Council as well. We are forty councillors in that Fingal County Council, and to be honest. Um, I always look for, forward to being in that chamber because from the day one when I was elected and I was uh, um, in that chamber to till date, except for support from all my fellow councillors and my colleagues, there's nothing nothing that I would uh, say anything uh, else. It's always been positive, very supportive for every work that I've done. Uh, as a council, Fingal is very diverse, but at the same time, very supportive of all the new councillors that get elected uh, to the council. Um, my challenges, it is a very challenging LEA, unlike other uh, other. Uh, uh, LEAs that are there in Dublin 15 as well. We have where I represent. Uh, there's Castlenock, there's Ongar, and there's Blanchison, Molodot. Uh, there are three wards, right? And why I say this is one of the most challenging, but it's but a very rewarding ward is because it's a very young demographic that lives in this ward. Uh, uh, there are lack of facilities in this ward, that like community facilities, like lack of community centers, not lack of sports facilities, lack of road infrastructure, lack of schools. So that gives me an opportunity to address these things, right? And therefore, whatever I do, I can relate to it because I'm asking for things that are not there. And, and remember this Blanchestown Molodot Ward that I represent is Dublin 15 plus Dublin 11. So I have parts of Dublin 11 as well, like Leedsboro, Meekstown. Again, an area which has lack of community facilities as well as lack of schools. So sometimes I feel very happy that I'm representing this uh, this um, uh, LEA or this ward because it is an opportunity for me to showcase the work that I can do and deliver. Uh, and what you what you you may ask what has been the highlight? The highlight is that there is there are two areas like I said one is in Dublin 15 called Hollistown uh, where there is a very, um, very uh, growing population because there are more houses being built, uh, young uh, population, uh, young demographics, uh, new, uh, new couples or couples with small kids, uh, where there is lack of sports facilities, lack of pitches, lack of schools, uh, where now I have been fighting for the three last three years uh, uh, for schools and all the other facilities. And just last month, I've been uh, I've been told that uh, there will be uh, there is a site being negotiated uh, to build new uh, new schools at the site. It's a ten acre site where uh, there will be a primary school and a secondary school that, that will be uh, thought of, uh, of put, being built in the site. So which is a great win-win situation for me because I have since the day one, uh, even before uh, I got elected, that was something that was brought to, to me by the residents of this area. And from the day that I got elected, I have been uh, very, very uh, aggressively following up on this and raising uh, this in uh, Fingal County Council, as well as 
Uh, obviously, you know that uh, RTD for this area is Thanish Taliyavarakar. So I've been uh, talking to him and bringing him on board of the lack of things that uh, and getting support from him as well about the lack of facilities in this area. And I'm happy that this is something that went down very well. And I have been told that this is something that will be uh, worked upon uh, very soon and which is a great win for this community here. Similarly, in Dublin 11, Lanesboro, Meekstown area, uh, I've been fighting for community facilities. So there will be a park that's been currently developed or built uh, called Lanesboro Park, as well as a community center that's been built. It's a Meekstown community center. So win-win situation for them as well. So I think in the last three years, these are major milestones which never were, uh, were uh, focused upon. On, and I'm so happy that I kept at it continuously for the three years. My focus never, never changed. Uh, and today, uh, to be honest, I can I can vouch and very honestly say that this is something uh, that uh, I have worked towards. And I, the fact that Fingal County Council has also uh, uh, brought this uh, uh, initiative to the foreground and trying to work aggressively against aggressive timelines is something that I think uh, I'm very proud uh, to say that it's a great achievement. Yes, definitely it is. And I'm, of course, very impressed about it. Um, I hope you can do much more in the near future. So I think uh, now I just, I just have my final question, which is this. I usually see some conversations about migrants putting themselves for elections and um, the importance of engage not just with the migrant community, because you won't be a candidate or a politician just for the migrants, but for the whole Irish society. But then how it is for you to, to keep the balance between having this conversation, having this debate about migrant issues, migrant access to education, for example, and of course, not keeping this in expense of the whole Irish society because you govern for everyone who lives here. So how has been your, your, your experience so far trying to, to, of course, keeping your migrant identity and, and being a, a politician here in Ireland? How do you feel about it? How do you think people feel about, about uh, uh, your migrant background? How has been your experience so far in relation to this? Like I said, right, I, I never, uh, I've never thought myself on those lines. I never dealt on the, those lines. I never speak about being uh, a migrant and all that because obviously, like I said, uh, I was invited to this country. So I don't have to th think on my thought process is completely different to others, right? Uh, and uh, there has never been anything that I would say uh, or talk about. So I never, uh, never uh, go or um, uh, venture into that territory at all. Because for me, like I said, it's been a completely different experience. Because like I said, maybe because my journey is different to others uh, where I'm invited, uh, everything was maybe set for me, the scene, there was those, maybe there, were, there are struggles for other people. Maybe I didn't go through the process of the struggles. Uh, obviously when you get invited, everything is looked, uh, taken care of. Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, you have everything that you need um, from what you need to what you what you want, I would say. So I, th that's why I said my journey is completely different. Um, uh, so but I not that I cannot uh, 
or I'm not aware of the challenges faced by uh, the migrant community or uh, what the challenges that are there. There are challenges. Uh, and I don't think uh, I would shy away from uh, recognizing those and helping people. And I know I've helped uh, uh, people in that space, whoever has come to me with issues, I know I've uh, tried to uh, resolve them uh, within my capacity, whatever I can, and try to help the community, um, So, which I will continue to do so. Uh, but like I said, that's not something that comes to me very quickly because like I said, uh, my journey is completely different. Um, but one of the things that I would definitely uh, like to encourage is something that uh, whoever wants to go for the 2024 elections, whoever the candidates might be, or uh, need to study the society well. Uh, you, what you have uh, in your uh, or you have experienced might not be something that you, what you see is something different to what you feel uh, sometimes. Uh, so uh, I would say study the society. My, uh, my uh, idea of politics or my uh, knowledge of politics from the day I arrived in this country uh, has, always been, uh, uh, has always been at the top of my head. I could speak uh, for every topic that was going on in this country. Uh, you could ask me at any point in time, uh, any perspective or anything. Uh, I had that knowledge because I kept myself so abreast of what's going on here, right? Maybe, like I said, just my passion about politics uh, that I kept myself so up to date uh, more than anything else. So this is something that... Uh, the others would have to do uh, in order to be able to relate to what what's the current issues, what were the issues maybe way back, uh, what will happen in future, those kind of things, different political parties, your awareness about different political parties, their perspective, all those things uh, make a big difference. So it's more about awareness. It's not about I am part of this community. I'm trying to help this community. It's That's not politics, right? You need to be aware of more than what is your community. You can't be saying I'm a community leader and I'm going to be, I, I need to be part of this or I need to be identified as a candidate. That doesn't happen, right? Besides community, there's a bigger element to it. The party that you choose to be, why you want to, why did I choose to be part of Finnegan party? Because like I said, I, my thought process and the party's thought process aligned, and I could see myself uh, through that party more than anything else. So that's one, one, two cents that I could give from my side. Yeah, I, if I may ask one one final thing, just that just came to my mind um, when I was present, you uh, doing just like a uh, giving the general information about the project that led to this podcast. You, I spoke to you about the. Uh, creating the concrete paths to increase migrant participation in politics. Yes. And uh, you said you had a specific view on that. Do you want to share this with us? Yeah, like I said, Valeska, if you, if you are trying to create a concrete pathway, right, there, there, there are challenges. I wouldn't deny that. Uh, the, like there is no, if someone would say, give, give us your roadmap, there was no roadmap initially, mm -hmm. right? 
it was a it was a blank sheet of paper that was given to me where I had to work that roadmap out or devise the strategy along with the team that was formed to see what would work well. And obviously I did have good mentors. Uh, I wouldn't deny that. People who had experience of running political campaigns, uh, they were part of my team. Uh, I had the strong political uh, backing from the Finnegan leadership. Uh, Finical headquarters, which which makes a big difference, uh, and I think, uh, and over that time, you work with the team you have and the uh, and your mentors and the headquarters to devise a plan. Okay, and that is your plan, which you need to formulate and you need to work towards. Every day, I would devise in my head. How am I going to run my campaign depending on the area that I'm going to canvas? Because each estate or each area is different. The demographics, like I said, I had Dublin 11, I had Dublin 15, the same strategy that in my head, how I'm going to talk to the people that I'm going to knock the doors in Dublin 15 wouldn't work with Dublin 11. So in, for me, it was me as an individual that had to work that strategy out. So if you ask, depending on the candidates, you can, there are certain guidelines that every party would give if they were to nominate any candidate or you would just think, but those are stereotype guidelines. But end of the day, it's the candidate. So if you are asking me what, what is the winning solution, there is no magic push, right? And then if you ask me, were there the candidate that candidates that lost, are you telling me, Punam, that they didn't work hard? Obviously, they did work hard. Every candidate works hard, right? I cannot take away that thing from them. But every candidate has a different strategy. And I think the strategy of an individual, your, um, your personality, your ability to relate with people is the game changer. So one advice that if you guys or who, if your team is training for a concrete, I would say is they need to, number one, have passion for politics. Number two, have the knowledge in depth of what Irish politics involves uh, on a broader scale, even though you're going to be a candidate as a counselor, you still need to have that awareness. Oh, and then other parties, maybe you represent a party X, so you need to have the knowledge of the other X, Y, Z parties as well, right? So these would be three or four points that those candidates need to, and then, like I said, what is, what are you trying to give back to the society? For me, it was all about giving back to the society. And for me, it was all about what are we going to do for the future generation more than anything else. And that, that for me, I had three very concrete mantras. Number one, education, that is more schools, education policy. Number two, sports, sports facilities, so that to tackle antisocial behavior and make sure our teenagers are working or geared towards a better future. And number three, uh, infrastructure of the uh, community that are represented. So these were three things that I had 
as part of my political goals when I launched my campaign and they continue to be my political goals uh, even today. Yeah, they are very clearly defined and this is this is very good. I think uh, this, this makes a big difference for a candidate trying to, as I was speaking before, try to explain how different they are from other candidates. I think this is very, very helpful. This is very good advice. Uh, we are running out of time. That was a really great conversation. Thank you very much. And um, I hope you enjoyed the conversation too. Yes, thank you. Very good questions, Valeska. And I really uh, <laughs> love talking to you. And, uh, very, very, and I think you're a very good host, definitely, uh, because uh, you, I think you channeled it quite well. So thanks for that. And uh, yes, I, I really enjoyed having uh, the conversations. Thank you so much. Thank you. And have a nice day.